Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. So one of the things that I'm, uh, I've been testing a lot on my own account and getting some pretty interesting uh, results from, and I'm interested if you guys are doing that at all, is uh, day farting. Are you guys doing any day farting for your clients or we are um, not. have you tested I, that at all? Uh, we have not. I actually got into a pretty long discussion with someone about that today in one of the groups. And the reason we haven't tested it is because we're not, we don't want to leave, leave those sales on the table. And one of the things that kind of makes me weary of the method is that at AdCon this, this last month, Amazon released a statement that most sales driven from PPC happen like four to five days after the click. So if we're optimizing based on the click, I mean, we don't really know when they're converting on that sale. Like it just depends. So it's like, we all know the issues in lag and the data reporting on Amazon. So I just, I don't think there's a really clear method to correlate when a click happens, when the best conversion is for a click. Cause you don't know if the sale is going to happen at the moment or four to five days from now. Yeah, that's a, that's a interesting point. Yeah. So we, we've been testing it a lot and uh, we're, we're also doing some kind of advanced stuff by, you know, by uh, with bidding, uh, different, you know, t parts of the day and things like that. And there's some interesting data there. I've also heard, uh, you know, about like, oh, you can't pause your campaigns. Uh, otherwise you're going to lose clicks. And, you know, and, and I'm telling you guys right now, that's not true. I've tested it thoroughly on my own account. You can pause and unpause all you want. It's not going to uh, affect the campaign um, in terms of, you know, it working or not working anymore. Uh -huh. uh, just, just throwing that out there. Um, so uh, on that note, uh, that's kind of a, a more advanced uh, tactic <laughs> and, and uh, uh, conversation, which you and I could probably have, uh, but we might, uh, might, might perplex the audience. Um, any uh, you know, tips you want to give uh, new Amazon sellers who are just starting to get into PPC? A lot of what's crazy is, is you know, in this day and age, there's still a, a lot of sellers not even using PPC, which once again is leaving money on the table. Yep. But um, any tips for, for new Amazon sellers just starting out, um, you know, how to, how to get their foot into, into PPC? Yeah, for sure. I would say like one of the biggest things is don't overcomplicate it. Um, start with the basics. Don't try to start layering on display, retargeting, all these different fun tips and tricks and tools. Um, get a foundational understanding of what's going on and then invest in the time and invest in the data. It's kind of what we talked about at the very beginning is it takes a lot of data. And how I always put it in just perspective with people is Amazon recommends 18 or 20 clicks before making a bid adjustment. We operate at that 14 to 16 range. So just keeping that in mind, if you're, if you're running 10 keywords and you're waiting to get 20 clicks and it's a dollar CPC, you could have $200 worth of spend, no sales, and technically not have enough data to still make a decision. So that's kind of goes back to what we talked about is people freak out, see that high ACOS and pause the campaign when in reality, they don't have enough data. And if you don't want, if you don't have the money to invest $200 immediately, you better be launching a smaller batch of keywords. Start with five keywords, you know, start with lower bids. I, it's, it's kind of risky to go in and just launch with a ton of keywords because you're going to see a spike in ACOS almost no matter what. So that's kind of the biggest thing is to really think it do, think it through, break it down like from that backwards perspective and figure out how many keywords you can have based off your bids or what the suggested bid is and relevant to your budget. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, like you said, that's where auto campaigns and, and even broad match comes in, you know, when you're first starting out to get that data. 
Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, in terms of, um, you know, headline ads, product targeting ads, so many sellers are not utilizing those uh, two, um, you know, ad types. And to me, it's like, once again, leaving so much money on the table because so many people don't want to invest the time and it's like over their head and they think it's like this crazy, you know, complicated thing. But in, in reality, it's very, very similar. Um, but what, what, what do you think people are doing wrong in terms of headline ads and product targeting ads besides not running them? <laughs> <laughs> I think, like you said, you called it out perfectly that they're overcomplicating it. I always recommend running your sponsored brands in tangent with your sponsored products. So all the keywords that are converting on the sponsored product side, put them in a sponsored brands campaign. It's really not that complicated. You literally just add your ASINs similar to what you would with sponsored products upload an image for the, the first style, which technically you can upload a product image or a brand logo or drive to a store page. You know, there's some differentiating strategy there and then bid on the relevant keywords. And then something that we always recommend doing, which really increases conversion is aligning the copy in the headline with the keywords you're bidding on. Like for example, let's say you sell pet toys. Now, if you have a general pet toy headline and all of your pet toys are in there, cat and dog, and you're targeting the keywords pet toys, make sure your headline calls out premium pet toys for all animals. Now, let's say you only want to put cat toys in that headline. Don't keep it as premium pet toys for all animals. Put your cat products in that headline and make sure your copy's aligned with that. You know, the easiest thing to do is throw up one general headline for all of your products, all of your targeting. It decreases conversion. Like if a consumer types in something about cat toys and then sees a headline about cat toys, they're way more likely to convert. Um, another quick tip is don't drive people to a store page unless it's a branded campaign. So now if they're looking for Coca-Cola or let's see, like Johnson and Johnson have a ton of products, a big variety, then you could drive them to your store page because a consumer's looking for something more broad, you know, any Johnson and Johnson products, they want to see your full line. But if they're looking for something specific like Johnson and Johnson bath soap, drive them to a landing page with just bath soap. If you give a consumer the option to see all these other choices, it's going to be paralysis by over analysis and they're way less likely to convert. Send them to a landing page. Don't give them any other choice. Let them be able to purchase with one click. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. That's one of the biggest things. We see. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and uh, like you were saying, um, you know, there's only so much time in the day, so you might not be able to to spin up, you know, uh, you know, a headline ad with the the target keyword for all of your keywords, but you know, pick out like the top five. Um, we do that especially during the holidays. Um, you know, we have some holiday keywords that we target pretty hard, and uh, we always include it in the copy. And yeah, I mean, that's what people need to 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 see that visually to to be like, oh yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I mean, that's why. Um, you know, I wish that Amazon and I'm sure they're working on it because I feel like they just log into to AdWords and see like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that. Cool. Um, but dynamic keywords. So like in AdWords, if you guys use AdWords, you know, you can you can put a keyword flag and it'll automatically pull a keyword into that, you know, into that ad. I'm hoping that Amazon has that someday so we can just spin yeah. up one ad and, and get that that relevancy and that uh, that, you know, that that uh, targeting. But uh, until then, that's uh, fantastic advice. Not only that, but, you know, uh, test the the main image, um, like Destiny was saying. You know, you can you can do either a product or you can do uh, a logo or you can even do. Uh, we've tested like um, a lifestyle a lifestyle image, like 
try everything. Yep. Um, you know, once again, it's all about testing. And um, <laughs> in terms of Amazon, you know, some of the most successful sellers, you know, I meet are the ones who are turning dials all the time, you know, whether it's their PBC, whether it's their SEO, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, don't be afraid to test because that's where you're going to end up, you know, tripping onto something that, you know, somebody else you know, isn't using or you haven't heard about that might be working really well in terms of, you know, your brand or your sales. Yeah, hundred percent. And then related to product display ads, one of the biggest mistakes I see there is people also run them and leave them. Um, those need to be updated pretty frequently. Cause if you think about it, rank changes all the time and you always want to be targeting the people that are on page one, maybe page two, but really who goes to page two. So if you're targeting a list of 20 people on page one, a month from now, that 20 people is going to change. It's going to be updated. So update your product display ads. That way you can maintain the same strong impressions. Um, utilize them for coupons. If you're running coupons, you can run product display ads that actually have a coupon cutout. I've only seen this on the advertising console side, but it's really cool. It says like $7 off and has a coupon cutout and it's right under the buy box. These obviously convert really well. Pro tip, they'll get rejected if you don't set the time between your coupon range. So if your coupon decide to, um, what am I trying to look for? If your coupon ends in December and you have your end date for like past December, it's gonna get rejected because they're gonna say you're advertising out of the window. Um, so make sure you have the window for your coupon aligned with the product display ad in order to get the coupon cut out. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a, a great point. Now, one thing that I see all the time and, and once again, makes me laugh out loud is, uh, you see in these groups about people being like, yeah, I'm on page one for that keyword. So I'm going to turn, should I turn off my PPC? Uh, don't even get me started. I just wrote yeah. a really long article about Coke in this methodology. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the worst thing you can do. If you've ever scrolled on mobile, even on desktop, the first thing you see is the headline ad in the two sponsored placements, two to three sponsored placements. Like it doesn't matter if you're ranked number one, you're still not the top of the page. So if you're not advertising in those placements, a competitor is winning market share. Even if it's a crappy listing that's winning those placements, there's a good chance that someone's on mobile, they see it, it's within their price point, they click on it. Make sure you are running those ad types, not only for placements and just the consumer visualization, but organic, indexation, ranking, all of those things are related to PPC, so don't do that. And besides that, if you're already ranked a number one for that keyword, your um, conversion rate on the ad side is probably gonna be pretty good, so invest in it. It's the price to pay. Like make sure you're investing in it. Yeah, absolutely. I like to use, I like to use, uh, you know, the analogy similar to like you were using earlier, you know, if you were walking to a store and you go into an aisle, you know, and it's, and it's shelves, you know, it would, would you want to be on three of those shelves or just one? You know, to me, it's like you have, you have, you know, if you're, if you're got the headline ad, then you got the sponsored product ad, then you got like the organic, you know, if you're in the top three, you have three chances now to convert that, that, that person who is searching for that exact product. So to me, you know, that's an investment worth, uh, yeah. you know, worth making. And like you said, you're also keeping your competitors from moving into that space and yeah, taking and market share away from you. Something else you can do as well is if you have any variations, run them all in separate sponsored products campaigns, targeting the same keywords. So you're more likely, like you said, to show up in all those placements. We also run product display ads in the same methodology with our variants are targeting our other variants for one protective reasons so that way competitors aren't there. 
and for two so a consumer can see our full product line without actually clicking into all the tiles it just it shows up under the buy box underneath the bullet it's like it looks great <laughs> yeah so many people don't do that brand protection you know bidding on your your own related products to, to keep competitors out yeah that's a, yeah. a fantastic point on that note um i just took a note about to, to discuss this our um, you know, brand targeting. So many people don't do this, even just bidding on your own brand name. Like so many people don't do this and we do this. And once again, this is where we get the unicorn ACOS of like 3%. Um, and a lot of people would say, well, but they're looking for you already. But once again, you're protecting your search there because if you're, if your competitor is bidding on your brand and they're selling a like product, they might click on that, that brands instead and buy theirs instead of buying yours. So um, you know, protective play is, is something, you know, to, to really think about. The other thing that we love to do that we see very uh, few other sellers doing is competitor brand ads. So just, um, you know, keywords that relate to your competitors. Um, you know, once again, we see crazy good ACOS for that. Now, the caveat to that is um, a lot of times Amazon will index your product for a competitor's um, keywords, you know, for a brand name and things like that, there's some ways you can get around that, which is a whole nother podcast. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Destiny, um, you know, are you guys uh, targeting competitors and if so, how are you doing it? Yeah, a hundred percent. So like you said, indexation is always an issue, but there are different ways around that to kind of trick the indexation. But a good scenario we have is we have a pretty dominant brand in the baby category. And we actually had another brand in and copied to a T our listing, our imagery. They literally took our imagery, changed the colors and posted it. And they tried to launch this new product. So the first thing I did is launch product display ads on every single one of their variations. And then I ran that in alignment with sponsored brands and sponsored products ads. Now with product display ads and sponsored brands ads on advertising console, you have the opportunity to write a content call out of your competitive advantage. So that's really what I focused on is I looked at all of our competitors, you know, where do we have an advantage, whether it be price point, whether it just be product reviews, and you kind of find a creative way to work that into the content. Yes, you may get a rejection for not like not following the guidelines, but as long as you're not writing something ridiculous, it's going to be a one-time flag. Keep testing, keep pushing the limits till you get something good um, accepted, and then make sure you're targeting your competitors because they're going to be targeting your placements. So with this specific scenario, we're operating at under a 20% ACOS right now, which is pretty cool. And this brand is going to really struggle to scale when anytime someone searches for their name, they see our product with up, upwards of a thousand reviews versus this new launch with under 30 reviews. Like it's common sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you make uh, a good point there. And, and this is something we do all the time is <laughs> typical Amazon. It's just like opening seller support tickets. If somebody boots something the first time, try it again, <laughs> because yes. the next person might approve it. So, you know, what yeah. we'll do is if we have something in there, that's maybe a little, you know, sketchy or, you know, maybe not perfectly within uh, the realm of acceptable to Amazon, we'll just change, you know, a few, a few things, resubmit it, and then we'll get the the approval. So um, you know, definitely something that you can try to do. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Well, um, guys, uh, who are joining us, guys and girls who are joining us live, if you guys have any questions, I know we've kind of like went fast and furious here and destiny are kind of, uh, on, on a higher level when it comes to PBC. So this is all like, you know, uh, we could do this in our sleep, but, uh, you know, we, we covered some advanced stuff here. So if you guys have any follow-up, um, you know, to what we've talked about, or if you guys have any more questions for destiny, please go ahead and drop those, um, in the chats. 
Um, anything we didn't cover today, Destiny, that you want to share? Um, nothing too crazy. I mean, we can always touch base on retargeting ads, what I've seen there. Video and search beta is supposed to be rolled out in December. I know um, closed beta has already been rolled out in accounts, so if you see that, I'm really jealous. Um, open beta will hit in December. This will be a fantastic opportunity. Everyone needs to be creating video creatives. One, for your listing, it increases conversion. Two, this is a brand new ad type, so you wanna get as much data as possible early on. And that's how you win market share. You test, you play around with these kind of funny new things. Retargeting, for example, um, it's off-platform, terrible conversion so far. But if you have the money to invest, run it for $5, low bid, collect data. The algorithm's only going to get better. It's no harm, no foul to keep it in the background, make sure it's collecting data at $1 to $5 a day. Like, one click a day, hey, it's better than nothing. So yeah. things like that are things that we need to look for and make sure we're preparing accounts for. Yeah, see, I think because of our ad spend, um, we, we get invited to all the betas, which is always fun. Um, we, we didn't get invited to video yet, which is interesting, um, but uh, we have like uh, history just got enabled in our account and uh, yes. we've had sponsored display for like over a year. And uh, yeah, I tested it a bunch and it, it is terrible. But I went back to it. I actually, um, you know, reduced the bids and pretty much got no impressions um, on the one I created when the beta first launched. I went back and, and did a, a, another one. And this one actually is performing decently. Um, but what, what, what I'm doing is, is just to, to make it easy is I'm just, uh, you know, putting all my products into one basket and, and retargeting. Because to me, it's like a retargeting ad doesn't really, you know, it doesn't need to, um, you know, be, be uh sectioned off uh to, to get great results on that and then i'm just seeing what products are converting on offsite and what's not and then just turning off the products that aren't converting um at least for now until it gets better but like destiny was saying you know amazon on a, on all these uh campaigns is using ai to figure out you know what's working and what's not working for you especially on those auto campaigns usually those auto campaigns the longer you let them season the better they get um oh i know something we didn't we didn't cover too much destiny is uh dynamic bidding um, have you guys been using that? Um, you know, have you had success with it? Um, also, the, uh, the the placement adjustments. Um, have you guys been using that as well? And and you know, how are how are you guys fitting that into um, your strategy? Um, uh, for both of those, like the auto campaigns, new targeting as well. I feel like can be added into that. Yep, um, absolutely. One, it's just another another lever to pull to make my job more difficult yeah. so dynamic bidding we do all bidding in-house so i do not play around with that whatsoever if it converts well i want to be in control of increasing my bidding i don't want amazon to be in control just because we've seen issues with that in the past it historically does not outperform our in-house software um in terms of placement top of search typically does really well but it's one of those situations where you can run a campaign see what's converting best because they give you that data and if you see one's a strong leader, increase your top of search, you know, make it 50% higher and see what happens, test. Um, auto placements, so something we've been doing recently is breaking out, auto, launching four auto campaigns, one with loose, one with complimentary, and then the other two placements, and turning off the other three, so we're only focusing one auto campaign on one placement. We do this because and same with ad groups and same with if you have a million keywords in a campaign, Amazon never distributes your budget evenly. They figure out what one has the highest click-through rate and they pour more budget into that. So we've been breaking out auto campaigns to test every single targeting type separately. Um, 
But the biggest thing I can say with those tools is kind of back to our original discussion where you're going to hear tips and tricks that work well with some accounts, just test it on your own account and don't do anything crazy and too dyna dynamic upfront. So if you start layering on all these crazy tools like dynamic bidding, 50% top of search, you're really not going to know what works and unless you break it down one-to-one -one and analyze it on its own individual performance. Yeah, I agree completely. And we, we did a bunch of testing on that on our own account. Um, at first I, I, I launched it and then I told everybody, don't use it. it it's not going to work for you. Then I waited, a, you know, then I, I had a, a, a call with one of the guys who's like the, one of the leads of the team who created that. And I gave him, you know, I, he's like, why aren't people using it? And I said, well, you know, you know, the early returns are not good. Um, and he like convinced me to re-enable it on my own account to test it more. I did that. Um, and you know, I got mixed, uh, results. Um, and kind of what I've landed at is they don't work <laughs> super well. Like you said, um, if you're actively managing your bidding, it, it just makes it harder because you, you've got something that is arbitrary, you know, between one and a hundred percent. I mean, they can change that, you know, on the millisecond if they want to. So yeah. trying to keep those, those, um, you know, those bids and your budgets under control while using that, is going to be really, really difficult. Now, that being said, if you're going against a competitor, you know, and you're having a really hard time, there's a big battle there that could be a useful tool. Um, it could also be useful for things like launching or keyword ranking. You know, if you're really trying to hit something hard, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, repricing your product, you know, then it could also uh, come in handy to, to, to use it for things like that. But overall, it's just going to bring in more complexity and it's going to be really, really hard to manage your, um, you know, things like your ACoS if, if you have those enabled. So completely yeah. agree um, on that one. Um, yeah, I think, oh, and the other thing I want to mention too, I don't know how you, I, I know you say you, you're separating, um, you know, the, the, um, you know, the different auto, um, targeting off and, uh, that's absolutely a smart thing to do. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, um, they are giving you that, uh, ability to, to start from the beginning when you're creating the cams campaigns, uh, to just bid, you know, uh, bid separately on specific ones. Um, my recommendation is not to do that until you get some data because you don't know which one of those is going to perform the best. That's why when I saw that option, I kind of, you know, laughed because to me, um, until you get that data, you, you're, you could easily hurt yourself. Now, if you're doing like Destiny's doing um, at the agency by splitting them up and testing that way, um, that, you know, that's also a, a way to, to make sure that you're, you're not missing out on, you know, what's actually going to work the best there. Yeah. I, I, I've seen extremely mixed results across those like some of like you would think like complimentary would do really well and then for one account or one ASIN it does do really well then I hop into another one and I'm like oh this doesn't and like you said all comes back to the AI one I mean naming your things loose complimentary like it's what is actually the difference <laughs> yep. but um like you said it's AI based you, you got to figure out what works best and go from there yeah, absolutely. All right. On that note, let's, uh, let's wrap up. What are your uh, favorite books, podcasts, motivational materials, personal development? I'm always interested in those kinds of things. Um, if you're in the Amazon game or an entrepreneur, you're usually, you know, <laughs> always learning. Um, so any, any, uh, any great things that you, uh, you want to share that, you know, you've, you've seen lately? Yeah, for sure. So delivering happiness was really good. Really enjoyed that. Um, I, two of the biggest calls I have from that are the focus on customer service, which is super aligned with Sam Walton's book and the focus on don't outsource your core competency. That was really cool call out. And that's then a, I really the, like shoe dog. That's oh. the Zappos book, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. That was a good one. 
And then uh, Shoe Dog is one of my top favorites, mainly because Nike's my favorite brand. But um, Fail Fast is like such an important call out in entrepreneurship. I mean, every day's a roller coaster. There's days where you wake up and you're like in heaven and pump, but then there's days where it's like, I, oh my gosh, what's happening? So being able to fail quickly and test and learn, I think is two of the biggest things I pulled from both of those books. In terms of motivation, so <laughs> I don't necessarily follow the methodology, but there's nothing like listening to Grant Cardone tell you how you are gonna fail because you don't wake up and grind every day. Um, a majority of the methodologies I'm not fully aligned with, but just his motivation, his dedication and letting him basically tell me that I'm a failure because I didn't work 24 hours a day kind of always gets me back like, oh, yes, I do need to get back to work and get to focusing. So a few of those, I kind of like to mix in a lot of different things. Sam Oven's course was fantastic, really interesting methodologies on autom automation and efficiencies. And I don't know, between Taylor, I mean, Taylor reads at least like 10 books a week probably. <laughs> and takes, a, I think he's spent like over $200,000 in courses and everything. So thankfully I get like the run up of all of his favorite courses, but that's something we, we invest in all across the board is reading knowledge courses and being the best that we can be. Yeah, absolutely. Always, always be learning is what I always say. Yes. <laughs> ABL. <laughs> yes. So, so what's, uh, what's next for you? Feel free to let people know, you know, what you guys are doing, what you're up to, where they can find you website, you know, messenger, uh, link, wherever, whatever you want to share, please let people know how they can get in touch. Definitely. So if you want to follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook, I'm always trying to post as much valuable content as possible. You and I had this conversation before, like we're not the salesy types. I will never send you a DM saying, Hey, you want to hear about this cool hack I have? drives me insane. So if you want to kind of stay up to industry standards, I'm in accounts every single day. So I usually see changes pretty quickly, then shoot me a follow or a friend request. And if you're interested in what we're doing at Better AMS, or you just really need to have that conversation of whether or not you should outsource, whether or not it's possible to scale, then check out our agency at betterams.com. We typically focus on like seven to nine figure sellers and providing value for anyone who really is trying to drive scale. So feel free to reach out to me, check out the company, and um, I'll probably see a lot of you in the Facebook groups. Absolutely. Thank you again, Destiny. And uh, as usual, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, those of you who join us live every week, we really, really appreciate you guys coming on here. Um, uh, it, like, it looks like half of our normal crew is over in uh, Ch China with, uh, <laughs> with Amy. Uh, which is which is awesome. I'm I'm kind of jealous while seeing all the pictures and stuff that they're doing over there. Yes. Um, if you guys haven't subscribed yet, we uh, we hope that you do uh, rate and review if you have the time. We really appreciate that. Let uh, anyone know that uh, you know who's going to get value out of this. Uh, we would really really appreciate that. Um, our growth on the podcast has been epic, and we know it's because of you guys. We really really thank you guys for uh, tuning in and letting people know what we're doing. All right, guys, thank you so much. We will see you next week. If you want to join us live 1 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesdays. And uh, if not, uh, we usually push these out within, uh, you know, two to four weeks. And uh, you can listen to the podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much. And we will see you later. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.